Welcome to the Power Podcast. This is the Heroism and Courage series. I'm your host, Joy Mala. With us in studio today is Benton, Shaquille, and Gloria Mascetti. Your co-host. <laughs> yes, my very able co-host. Yeah. So Benton, Benton Shaquille is a fourth-year student of public management and development at Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. He's passionate about governance, development, the rule of law, and social justice, and he seeks to see them work to the benefit of the citizens of Kenya. His dream is to one day see a united, just, and economically stable Kenya, where the youth have a voice and hope in the future. Benton is a member of the Tribeless Youth Kenya. He believes in philosophy of African Pan-Africanism, and seeks to contribute to an Africa where everybody can realize their full potential, regardless of the class, race, gender, um, ethnicity, or sexuality. He's also passionate about the arts, music, fashion, literature, and sports. Venton uh, here is also a basketball player, a debater, and a fashion designer. Uh, Welcome. Uncle Sharp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Venton. Yeah, so Venton, are you actively involved in the area of social justice? And if you are, what are the activities you do and for how long have you been doing them? I am very, I've been active in the areas of social justice and governance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've participated in some uh, platforms whereby we voice our opinions on matters of governance and social justice. Uh, on platforms such as Tribeless uh, Youth Kenya, where we are given a platform to express ourselves mm-hmm. and our opinions on matters of uh, social justice. Also, I also did a freelance, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I interact with my friends, mm-hmm. I pass on some knowledge, <laughs> them, some opinions, yeah. maybe a perspective that they haven't seen yeah. or heard from so that they can change their minds. Yeah. I believe that change begins with one person and it's just one mind away influencing one mind at a time. Yeah. As we influence each other, we can great, make a great impact in our society. So as I use social media platforms like Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, WhatsApp to mm-hmm. do this, and also these other platforms such as Tribulus with Kenya, now power here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Great. Uh, could you tell us more about Tribless Youth? You've mentioned it. Yeah. And I'm sure some of our viewers would like to know like, uh, what you youth. do and how to participate. Tribless Youth Kenya is a, is a, a group, actually an organization meant for the youth mm-hmm. to actually try to um, disseminate information mm-hmm. and try to dismantle these uh, existing uh, minus of tribalism among the youth. So we believe that changing that tribal mentality mm. begins with us, the youth. So bring us together and realizing that you are one, identifying with your nationality and not with your tribe mm. is where it begins. So I think we can, it's, it's, a, it's an open organization that anyone can join. Mm. You can check their page on uh, Twitter, Facebook. You can join and so that you can also be a part of this movement. 
I, I have a question. Is tribe the problem? Like, should you completely shun your culture and your language and be like, I don't have a tribe, I'm Kenyan? Mm, what do you mean by tribe? Tribalism, I mean, tribe itself is not the problem. Uh-huh. We are a country with a diverse culture and so many tribes yeah. that we cannot just dispute that. Yeah. We cannot just wake up one day and erode our cultural heritage and our uh, and our tribes. Mm. But the problem is when we start profiling each other mm. according to our tribes, mm. discriminating against mm. uh, tribal lines, mm. saying, oh, you're from this tribe, we, we believe you could do this, mm. uh, you're from this tribe, you cannot mix with us because you believe you are bad. Mm. So because we have been divided, especially with the older generation along these ethnic lines, mm. that now tribalism have become negative instead of positive. I mean, tribe can be positive. Mm. We can enjoy this culture, this great heritage of ours, that we come from different cultures, we can enjoy our food, our dances, our music, our differences in a positive way. But now we're using tribe, especially politically, to divide mm. this nation. Mm. And it is happening across Africa, across, and so many, the, border, across yeah. the border. We've seen it in Rwanda, we've seen it in so many countries. Mm. Yeah, so. It's like we're never learning. But then I like that uh, the youth are championing these endeavors to yeah. actually just avoid being tribal. So um, why is it important for you and also for other youth to take up this stance very strongly against tribalism? Why is it important for you, Benton? Personally, it's important for me because this is something that I've experienced one-on-one. I mean, I've, I've interacted oh, with tribalism. Oh, yeah, discriminate you are. discriminated on, on, on the basis, basis of, of tribalism. We, of your name, we say your, your last name. That's why you don't choose your last name. Oh, yeah, Benton oh, Shaki. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> not because, uh, okay, most of the time you find that when you say, you tell people your tribal name, uh, they start now to stereotype you. Mm-hmm. When you say something or when you express an opinion, they start to say you're expressing oh. that opinion because you are from this tribe. Hey. They do not understand that this can be an independent opinion, uh, an independent view yes, from, that you just separate from your tribe, that anyone else can hold that opinion. Yeah. They say you're holding this opinion because hey, you're from Jaluo. this tribe, because of <laughs> Jaluo, or because of Luya, or hey. Kikuyu. Uh, and I think it's really sad that that mm. happens. But so should we just all drop our tribal names? I mean, when you drop our tribal names, like you are, you are dropping our roots. Yeah. No, when you do that, like you're dropping our roots. The mm. thing is, we should not try so much to identify mm. yourself with that, with that, uh, with your tribe. There's this person once said, a Nigerian, mm. that if if your tribe means so much to you, mm-hmm. that it has absorbed every sense and reason in you that justice comes second, mm-hmm. then your exposure. Your education is useless. Mm. So why is it that we let tri- our tribes uh, black uh, whitewash our brains that we don't see that it's really affecting our society? Mm. So in your journey, participating, you know, not only with the issue of tribalism but in social justice in general, what are what are some of the lessons you've picked up along the way? What have been the highlights? The low moment and what has kept you going? What has kept me going is the end result that I desire. Mm-hmm. What I desire, like I said, um, my dream is to see a united Kenya mm-hmm. that is economically stable mm-hmm. and upholds the rule of law. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that end result of all this struggle 
is what motivates me that I must achieve that mm-hmm. with the few people that will come on board that are willing to contribute to this journey mm-hmm. they are going to achieve it mm-hmm. there of course there are those are high uh, low and high moments mm-hmm. the low, uh, low moments is when you try to convince actually a, a group of youths it hurts me that you will be trying to convince a group of youth about something and they tell you no mm-hmm. i'm going to stick to what i believe in the people are so deeply entrenched in their convictions that they can't come out of this even conviction. if they are misplaced even when they are misplaced mm-hmm. so i think we need a lot of unlearning as much as we're learning there's also unlearning to do yeah and those are those long moments you feel like ah, i've wasted my time yeah. i've wasted my energy yeah. trying to talk to this person trying to confess i'm trying to change this mind but it's hopeless but those high moments is when you, you you tell somebody something and it's like oh at least you're showing me a side that i didn't see before mm-hmm. and I, i and i think it has really impacted me so thank you mm-hmm. that thank you itself for somebody just realizing that they can change their mind according to this new perspective that you give without fighting violence i mean it mm-hmm. makes you happy it doesn't give you financial incentives <laughs> yeah it doesn't give you but that joy in seeing that you've changed your mind like michael jackson says change starts with you if you make somebody else changes mm-hmm. that that's enough to give you happiness yeah, yeah. and the lessons what are some of the lessons you picked up along the way the lessons that you picked up picked up along the way mm-hmm. i think one of the lessons is not to to push too hard mm-hmm. you know when you try to push too hard They push somebody back. they push back and they think you're desperate to to push that opinion yeah like you're trying to 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 impose yeah. your opinion on them oh, yeah. so you let it be you let them first see it happen then they'll be like oh now i'm learning from what this person was saying then one day they'll be coming back at you like oh so you want said this and experience it and think what you're saying mm-hmm. was right so you don't push too hard mm-hmm. there has got to be the conviction, yeah, that conviction of the heart, of the yeah, heart and mind yeah, and everybody has those conviction mm-hmm. okay so if we can go back to what we we'd spoken about about we'd spoken earlier about tribalism it is something that comes up very strongly whenever we go through an electioneering period especially in Kenya like we've, we've seen some gruesome acts committed true, true. and um, maybe just to ask you are these uh, these are some of the some of the issues that we face during elections what other malpractices come out so clearly and like how can we find a way to 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 solve these issues that we face every okay, other time apart, every other from, time, apart yes. from tribalism yeah. being one of those problems that mm. we face i think also sexism comes out strongly mm. yeah sexism comes out strongly mm. uh, especially in our communities at the ground, grassroots levels mm. you find that a leader or a bit an mca and mp mm. you as a woman should be difficult for you to fight for mm. that kind of position yeah. you are told okay you're a woman how are you going to lead us mm-hmm. yes you don't have a husband for example you don't have a family you just maybe you are let's say you are 26 year old you're trying to be an mca mm-hmm. you're not yet married yeah, yeah. now they, they want you to get married first so that you can now show that you have that leadership quality mm-hmm. that the society needs and so many communities will tell you mm-hmm. if you go to those communities they'll tell you that for us a woman cannot lead us we saw that with uh, is it laboso this laboso she was rewritten off in kerich mm-hmm. i think bomet yeah. mm-hmm. she was written off the community said no you are a woman you can't lead us so you could say the kalenjin community was against being uh, held, led by a woman they wanted a man they believe that leadership is only in a man mm-hmm. 
So this is something that comes out strongly every five years. Mm. That as a woman, you do not have that platform. You do not have that power to contest against men politically. Mm. You cannot push your gender because of your sex. And I think that's just backward. It's very, very yeah, backward. It's very backward. And it, it deviates a lot from our roots as Africans. Africans. Yeah. Because we also had, like, the role of women in Africa was especially respected. Okay. And especially in older women. And then we also saw, um, we also came to learn that uh, women were the forefront of our struggles for independence mm. and that they played a very crucial sure. role in that. Mm. And then there's also others. I know there are class, class um, discrimination yeah, based sure. on class, yeah, class for you to just that. buy. Yeah. People reason at you, oh, so you need to say easy by any more. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> He's from a rich family. He has no use. He doesn't uh, need that money as much as... So they they then they all try to bring you that hustler narrative that okay now yeah. this person doesn't have the <laughs> this person will steal because he's still hustling for for that money. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And, and you look down upon if you're poor yeah. and you want to buy because yeah. you don't have that money to give to the masses. Yeah. You don't have that token, mm-hmm. that hongo mm-hmm. to tell people now okay now I'm going to give you youths two hundred bob two hundred shillings two hundred shillings each or fifty shillings sometimes goes as low as fifty shillings. Yeah. Yeah, you go there to the uh, where you those boda boda people yeah. at the stages you give them fifty life. bob and then now they are happy the same kubwa is here. But if you don't have that money, Nothing. ask uh Miguna Miguna will tell you it's hard. He tried it in Nairobi, he was campaigning on foot, going the stage by from stage to stage, door uh, by door, giving uh, those flyers. Uh, him, people literally told him, Fubwa, come on a pesa, kuna tunafanya hapa. But even Boniface Mwange. Yeah, uh, Boniface Mwange uh, experienced uh, and this. And so it, <laughs> it was a unique kind of uh, so campaign. So if, if you don't have that money to give to the voters, then you are written off. Still, the, the, person, the highest bidder is the money. <laughs> it doesn't matter what agenda you have in place, your manifesto. Mm-hmm. Are you giving us money? Yeah. Give us money, then we we'll listen to you. Yeah, you know, that's and you know, beyond the level of us, the role we play as the voters, there's also you know the commissions yeah. and the people handling our votes. We've that's seen true. a lot of like suspicious things going yeah. on there. So seeing as what has been happening, you find many people are like Miss Andy Coast Votiango, like after Deep state is real. So do you think, do, what will you say to that? Are you still going to vote? And you know. <laughs> and do you feel like your vote counts? Exactly. And how can we like hold this vote with us? I think vote apathy is real, yeah. Mm. It's something that we've seen. And I think the next election, we're going to have fewer people showing up to vote mm. because of what they experience. I feel like their votes not count. It's true. Mm. I felt that personally. That my vote doesn't count. That there's a group somewhere just seated somewhere <laughs> within the offices really and anointing the already anointing the next leader while yeah. you while you waste that your time in these long queues yeah. with an illusion of democracy. I think it's because <laughs> I think it's the reason why the middle class also doesn't vote. I think the middle class are so comfortable. That, but they also realize that their vote doesn't count. Mm-hmm. I think if there's some, if there's a group of people that realize that their vote doesn't count, it must have been the middle class before any other person. Mm-hmm. Or is it just a comfort? I don't know. But they, they tell you voting is for the poor because the poor wants hope. Mm-hmm. It's like what churches also do. They give you hope mm-hmm. for yeah. the future. 
so that so then you give them the the the, the, the tithes and all hoping that one day your life will change. It's the same thing politicians do to us and not election does to us. Yeah. The poor will go queue up to vote because they hope for a few, better future. But the rich person, the middle class, doesn't care because their life is already comfortable as it is. Mm. So when the poor people line up to vote, they vote hoping for a better future tomorrow. They peg their hope on this person that they're going to vote, but still that vote doesn't count. And personally, I think I I came, I had a conversation with myself. Mm. And I realized I might not even vote. I've not yet arrived to that question, but the kind of tentativeness I'm seeing in myself, that doubt mm. of voting makes me think when 2022 comes, mm. I might just decide, oh, well, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> I'm going to vote. I really, I really get your, where you're coming yeah. from because I've felt that numerous times. And then to, to always be slapped by the illusion of democracy. Yes, yeah. It's like, um, well, it's entirely your choice, but your choice is only between Venton and Gloria. Exactly. Yeah, purely your choice. You can choose anyone you want. Let it be between them. So eventually it does not speak to you like it was your choice. Today I was speaking to somebody on Twitter. just telling him, okay, it's a tough choice when you have to vote for, when your options are limited. Mm-hmm. You're able to vote for, but then your options are really limited to what is there. Mm-hmm. And I think you are to blame. We want household names. Exactly. We want names that we know. Yes. We want what they call dynasties, what yeah. we want the, the seasoned politicians. Yeah. We don't want somebody coming out from nowhere like Mualimu. Dida cannot just come out of nowhere and convince you, yo guys, I want you guys to vote for I me. Like I, he has an agenda, but yeah. now Kenyans will rubbish it by saying, oh, uh, who, are, who are you? Who's your father? But we do we not just, know you in Kenyan history. Where are you from? Uh, no, you, you do not understand. Can us. we just widen the lens and ask <laughs> ourselves, you know, like Trump in America, he's in nowhere a seasoned politician. Yeah. And someone will ask you, see how politici- how people who've not been in the arena fuck us up. Yeah. As in, how far has that taken us? Mm. You know? But well, I think... I think still, with that, there are still people pulling the strings. I'm not, I'm not willing to sit down and agree yeah. that um, because he was a popular vote, he was there for the masses, yeah. like to, to change people's lives. And then it also, when, when we say that popular names don't pop up, I think it was, it came out clearly during the, when Kibera, there was a by-election in yeah. Kibera, and then only like three candidates got airplay. Yet there were there so was a lineup of so many. Yeah. I remember for Ukweli Party, especially because we had editor, editor yeah. Ching, yeah. who has been living in the community and she's done so much for her community. Mm-hmm. Yet um, when you just ask a random person uh, who are the who are the candidates the for this election, election, they would name only three. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is so? Because, like I said, we want those known. And then there's also the kingpins, who they vouch for, mm. who they endorse. Mm. Whether kingpin endorses you, that's it, you're in. Yeah. You want, you want the, 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 the party uh, candidate you're going to represent the party. Mm. When the kingpin, uh, kingpin says, <laughs> you're the person, now everybody rallies mm. behind you. So but a party they, issue, see votes. Yeah, it's not, not, yeah. not even the party. party forget so the party preliminaries. <laughs> even the party preliminaries don't say anything. They don't mean, they don't mean a thing. Leave, leave alone the national election. The party preliminary itself 
has no voice. Yeah. There's a few people, there's a, a micro deep state. <laughs> a micro deep state. A deep deep state within that party that now decides this is the person we're going to 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 uh, rally behind and we must follow it. Or we all be called style style up or style out, right? Style up or style out. So the elephant in the room right now in the political arena is BBI. You know, have you read it? What do you think about it? Are you going to vote yes? <laughs> or no? Okay. Or no? <laughs> I think um, I've read the BBI. Yeah. I think it has it has um, some good recommendations. Yeah. But then I, what I like about it, it does not pretend to solve the, 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 the problems of Kenya. It does not pretend it has the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. It creates a, nas- a national discourse mm-hmm. where you guys can come together and discuss a way forward. Mm-hmm. And like um, Kijana, the late Kijana Oman was saying, mm-hmm. good ideas might must give way to better ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think BBA also gives that, that that platform for coming up with a better idea that can give a way, I mean, a better idea that can replace the good idea that was there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, where the bone of contention is on the BBA report is on the executive powers mm-hmm. and the inclusion that they talk about. Mm-hmm. When you talk about inclusion, bringing about inclusion and the executive level or the executive arm of government, but you do not explain how this inclusion is going to help the people, or is that going to that? They probably are at sea, probably at sea, like, what are you talking about? And I think that's why people are trying to oppose this. They don't understand how that exclusion is going to happen. Personally, this inclusion to me is like institutionalizing tribalism at the executive arm. Mm-hmm. As what, what are they talking about? Winner take, not, they're trying not to deal with winner take it all. Mm-hmm. As in, it's like they're trying to make sure that every other person, all these other tribes, to feel part and parcel of the of the executive. Why do you want Kenyans to feel part and parcel of the executive at the executive level? Mm. There is devolution. Mm. There is special special uh, machinani. Mm. This is enough to make us feel as part of the government. Yeah. Why do you have to do it at the executive level? Yeah. And until I tell Kenyans this, but until the protagonist of uh, the BBI can come out and explain to you what they mean by this inclusion, mm. say no. Because mm. how how are you to understand it? Yeah. I mean, you can't understand this inclusion, but they just tell you they want inclusion. Could, could they be institutionalizing tribalism and also um, serving the interest of the political class, mm-hmm. creating maybe positions for them, like mm-hmm. people say. Yeah. So until that gray area, that gray area is cleared, mm-hmm. I think Kenyans will still be very pessimistic about the BBI. Mm. As much as you have the optimist here, yeah, there's yeah. also a very huge chunk of posts very mm. pessimistic about it. Mm. The bits you talk about the executive, um, I think what has like what what we see is as if instead of the parliament acting as an oversight uh, body for the executive, it behaves at as if it is a part and parcel, parcel of the executive. Yeah. yeah, how does that fracture our systems? The, the part where now the executive, I mean, the parliament feels like part of the executive. Mm. I think the discord comes in when now they say that... Because that these are supposed to be separate... Separate organs, mm. yeah, organs. they should be very independent. Yeah. And actually, it derails that uh, oversight role of the parliament, mm. right? Now, I think where the discord comes in is when our parliament also has to vote for the crime. 
you know, the the the, the president is going to to nominate mm. a few people who think are fit. Mm. Then now parliament is going to vote for mm. who they think is now right to to be their prime minister. And do you think there'll be a, a, a conflict of interest here also? Mm. How are you going to to hold this person accountable when you feel like you you voted for him? There's a conflict of interest here. Because mm. okay, people feel we'll hold the person at, at hostage. We say we voted for you. So you must just go with what mm. we say, mm. right? I, I think those are the discussions. Yeah, and does Kenya need a prime minister? <laughs> we tried. <laughs> okay. Um, if, In your opinion, this is just like... Okay. I, really, I really don't think it's necessary. I mean, that whole mess... If you look at the, the role, if you look at the role of the prime minister, he's, uh, he's in charge of government business, right? Mm. And uh, uh, oversights also the, the, the ministers mm. who will be now called the, the cabinet minister yeah. instead of our cabinet secretaries. Going back going because back. we used to be used to have that. They used yeah. to have that, like just going back the whole system. Yeah. But I really don't think we need it. As in, it's, it's more of redundancy. Mm. I feel it's redundancy. It's creating, it's, it's widening the public wage bill. Yeah, and that overlap. Because <laughs> any time, because you are going to pay these guys anyway, and if the taxpayers' money that's going to be used, and so if the public wage bill keeps expanding. The only good point with it is that now they are going to do away with the cash. You know the cash position. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, cabinet secretary, what? Cabinet assistant. The chief, 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 chief administrative. Uh, Secretary, mm-hmm. the Ababuna Mwambas and the Chosha Besh. Oh, yeah. uh, those guys, what is their role? Their role was what the deputy cabinet uh, secretary used to do, right? Yeah. Now, through the, what, the executive order, the president goes and uses the executive order, and out of the blues after the 2017 election, we have the CAS position. He doesn't delegate the many specific duties, mm-hmm. responsibilities that they're going to do. They're just there. And when we look at it, we, we, we can also notice that most of the people in these positions were election losers mm. of 2017. Mm, mm. So what are we doing here? We are, rewarding, we are rewarding mm. our cronies. We are rewarding loyalties to, yeah. to people who are loyal to us, who campaign for us. Mm. What is their role mm. in the government if it could have been done by a cabinet secretary? And then you don't justify that. You do not give the rationale of appointing them by giving them very specific roles mm. and saying these will be your roles that are unique to you. Mm. No one else does it. Then mm. opinions if be you like, don't yeah, do it, we if question, we, we, we you question you. It's not there. Yeah. And I think that's where we redefine the constitution. We take advantage of the so-called executive orders yeah. to now put anything, to now just implement anything we want. Mm. No. So the problem, I mean, we have good papers, be it our policy papers, our constitutions, our agendas and, um, and visions, but we never get around to implementing it. So especially us as youth, how can we push that sort of constitutionalism and implementation of all these projects and laws? I think um, citizen participation is at the center of it all. Mm-hmm. Citizen participation is at the core of policy. Okay, in public management, because I'm pursuing, mm-hmm. I did a lot of policy. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see myself as a policy analyst because I've been analyzing these policies <laughs> since Tom Boyer. I had a session of paper of 1965. Those are all policies. Yeah. So, going back from history, coming down and seeing how we have tried to implement these policies, there's mm-hmm. a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And this disconnect is a gap that can be filled with active public 
participation. Why do you think that is lacking? That is lacking because I don't think they, they really do it. We have organizations and uh, NGOs like Urahia. Oh, yeah. You have a Urahia yeah, that tries yeah. to push for uh, participation, especially in matters of devolution. Mm, yes, a place. You are trying, but I don't think it has really reached the roots, the grassroots. There's, 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 there's no, I think it's like we're just doing it for formalities. We go and engage a few people, even the BBA itself. Mm. I think uh, they talk about engaging 7,000 7, mm. citizens. This, they are in the report. Mm. They have cited that they have engaged 7,000 citizens from different ethnicities, from different regions of this country to That's voice their opinion. Percentage. That's a big percentage. Yeah. I mean, and then they, I think they are doing it for formality's sake. Like, let's just do it because the laws requires active participation in the constitution, right? Mm. Uh, before you implement a bill, you have to go to the ground. Mm. But if you go to the ground and ask these people, did you guys interact with these kind of people who are talking about this certain bill or certain policies? Mm. These guys are at sea. They don't know anything mm. about it. Mm. So until we come out, especially as, as youth, because we know where it ails us. Mm. Only, only the person who wears the shoe knows where it pinches. Mm. You know, you cannot say... I cannot tell you this shoe pinches me, but not wearing it because you don't know why it pinches, right? You say, hey, but it looks much, looks nice on you. Yeah. you. You're walking comfortably on yeah. it. You don't look like you're straining. Mm-hmm. But we, the youths, are the ones who, are, who know where it really pinches us. Mm-hmm. So we, we, by voicing our opinions, can really impact positively and also negatively. Because, okay, depend with what you want on the paper. <laughs> so if yeah, if 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 you mess up, the paper comes out. They say garbage in, garbage out. If you mess up on that paper, you get that negative. So we are really right. letting our leaders get away with. Yeah, we are not, not questioning. We are not questioning the uh. where is the active participation. You want to see it. I mean, I see I, I people in Saya County, mm. people in uh, Kerry, in Bomet, people should be questioning. If talking about this paper, I have not seen it in my county. Mm. The youth leaders, I think there's some youth leaders on the ground, right? Mm. They should be coming out. People are talking about BBI. You're talking about certain policy. Why? Yeah. Why is it that we have not seen that paper in our county? In yeah. a simple I'm a, I'm paper. A, I'm, a simple yeah. paper. I'm a youth leader, right? I'm a, I'm a youth leader in my country. Mm. I'm I'm recognized by the uh, sub county, uh, by the sub county county commissioner. Even my governor knows me that I'm the youth leader. Mm. But how come? I have not seen this paper. Mm. And then you're talking about participation. What participation is elusive? Mm. Yet when it comes to political rallies, they ensure they get to the grassroots. Yeah, by the... (laughs) (laughs) The 50,000 members. (laughs) But when I say maybe bare 7,000 people. 7,000, that's what they say. It's a shame. It's like the bare minimum. Yeah, that's a big population here. That's a very small percentage. Okay, so if we if we look at Kenya in aspects of development, yeah. how do you say where where are we on the map? Are we developing? I think. And what's the vision? <laughs> okay, um, I think we're still on the runway. Mm-hmm. If it's a plane taking off, it's still on the runway. Mm-hmm. You're not taking off. No, with <laughs> like a long runway. Okay, this plane When will we finally take off? Yeah. We are we are trying to do the right things, of course, but now we are not implementing them. Yeah, fully. that's our problem. We have, like you say, we have very good work. On, we have very amazing work mm. on paper. Uh, very good constitution. We have a very good constitution wow. that we are defining. But <laughs> we are not taking off. Why? One of the reasons I think is because um, we copy paste a lot. Mm-hmm. We are copy pasting 
policies. We see Great Britain does this, okay, now the US has done it, and France has done it, let's bring it here. Mm-hmm. Tanzania did it all. Lazima sita to fire. But how do these policies pay attention to our, condition, our conditions as, Af- as Kenyans? You know, every state, every state, every country has their own different conditions, that uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Before you draft a paper or a policy, you have to understand the uniqueness of your country mm-hmm. and how people are going to respond. A good policy, for example, is the BRT. What we try to do, what Sonkos tried to do, uh, to do when we saw Tanzania implement the bus rapid transit system. Mm-hmm. It failed fantastically. Aye. People resisted it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because we did not prepare the people mentally that this thing is coming also. Mm-hmm. We don't consider that we have cartels in this country. Mm-hmm. Tanzania has no cartels, even if they're there, it's not that effective. But in in Kenya we have serious cartels, yeah. and you cannot tell me you're going to remove all these all these cars, all these matatus from the road without the cartel saying something. Yeah, people are collecting uh, dough, I mean all that money from the stages. They have to eat. Those are cartels. You have circles. You have people in the circles who are to eat. So if you remove these buses from the from the circles, how are they going to eat? So these are things you have to consider as you look at policy development. You have to. Really consider the uniqueness of your of your the of, of the country, yeah. and also development should not only be looked at from the point of economic uh, economic development also. Only. Okay. We need human development. True. Now we think that building skyscrapers, malls, roads. I mean, okay, roads, rail. These are economic enablers, yes. Yes. But then we should make sure before we go to that secondary development. We should make sure our people are comfortable between, um, within the most basic pillars of development, which mm. is food security, healthcare, education. Mm. You know, once your people are comfortable within these basic pillars of development, then the now we can now advance, food. right? Yeah. Like Armatias says, there's no development without human development. Mm. So him sitting down and drafting, I mean, formulating the, the human development index Mm. was very deliberate. Mm. I think he had assessed, I mean, studied, analyzed development, especially in developing nations, third world nations, and realized mm. there is a, this deficiency of human development. We are not paying attention to it. We are building roads, we are building rails, but skyscrapers. somebody, skyscrapers, mm. how is somebody in, in Tukana going to benefit from a mall in Nairobi, yeah. a mall in Kisumu? Mm. Yet they not they don't have food on the table. They don't have proper healthcare. They don't have people are still studying under trees. Mm. Students are going to school in in a mud wall in classes. Yet our president promises them laptops. Laptops. How do you you don't have electricity in that place? You have to bring laptops to that that place. It's unrealistic. Mm. So I think we are we are we are really paying attention to populist politics. Mm-hmm. We want to show that you are working. A politicians or a government want to show that they are working indeed and doing mm. something. But the impact is not being, exactly. is not being felt. That's populist, and I don't agree with populist politics. They're showing people that you're working, but it's not yeah. being felt. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crap. Really, it's performative. It's performative, like, yeah. Mm. So that you can just get claimed that yeah. you build a railway. Uh, uh, no, building. Yeah, building. <laughs> Yet it's empty. It's empty, but not really because money is not circulating in yeah. the economy. How? If you go to Kisumu, I've been to Kisumu, I've seen it. Most are there, but they're empty because money. If there's no money in that economy, mm-hmm. how will will a, will a, um, a franchise or a company go and open a branch in Kisumu, knowing very well that people will not spend there? Mm-hmm. They'll be paying rent, but going glasses because people are not buying. People don't come in. 
where there's no money, there's no business. So that's it. You build malls, but when that money is not circulating within the pockets, put money in the pocket of the people, then development just will just come. Mm. So with regards to like what you're studying and your higher education, to what extent has it impacted on you? And do you feel it has been enough? It has been just right for you? Or no, what's your experience with it? Um my my uh, the, the course that I'm studying. The course school, school like to yes. about the curriculum. <laughs> the curriculum. I think, I think it's something I'm passionate about. That's why I chose it. I mean I did not take it because I felt like it will give me money. Mm. <laughs> I took it because I was passionate about it. I'm passionate about the governance. I'm passionate about development. I see my poor suffer and I want to make change. Mm. That's what drives me there first. So I think the course itself has really opened my eyes. I, okay, I did not come in empty-headed. Like I came with some substance, yes. But then mm. starting this course from my first year to where I am now today, I feel like I've really gained a lot. A lot. My maturation in that field has really advanced. Mm. I see myself now even explaining certain aspects in a more vivid manner that mm. anybody uh, can understand. Mm. And I think it has really exposed me to a lot of a lot of information. Mm. Yeah, so and the, the way the curriculum is designed, the public management and development course, it's something that is really multifaceted, it's wide. Mm-hmm. And especially in the, in the, in the uh, spectrum of public management, it's a very wide spectrum. Because you're dealing with procurement here, you're dealing with the law, you're dealing with um, ethics, you're dealing with so many things that are really affect all factors that play within the public sector that inter, intertwine, uh, intermingle, right? Mm-hmm. It's a system that intermingles. So for you to, to understand it better, you have to be exposed mm-hmm. to so many to things. So at the end of the day, you, you, you know a little something about law, if you're talking to a law student, you have something to say. <laughs> You're talking to a procurement student, you have something to say. You're talking mm-hmm. about uh, media, you know, have something to say. I mean, it just gives you general knowledge. And then now how you choose to apply it in terms of mm-hmm. okay. Right? <laughs> and you choose to apply it and how to choose to do it. For, for his yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> when he says that it, uh, it allows you to interact with it, all these other sectors, sectors in Kenya. Yeah. Now maybe if we may ask, do you feel like there's a, is there a link? or a mismatch between what you study in school as basic principles and then what is practiced Practice. on of the course. ground? <laughs> of course there is, of course there is. And especially in public management, you're really going to to to, <laughs> to get annoyed. Like, okay, most of the time you have <laughs> these debates. Ah, yeah, we have all these debates in class all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. We talk, we talk, there's a lot of input. We engage the lecturer, sometimes we have a guest lecturer, we have all this stuff materials from uh, lecturers from abroad. Mm. We all listen to this perspective. But then when you look at what's happening on the ground now, mm. it's different. But then the lecturer will tell you, um, you are supposed to make that change that you are talking about here. Mm. So you are being prepared to go out there and implement what is not being implemented. Okay. So it's an adoption of attitude, how you want to go there and impact on mm. your society. Mm. If you think, okay, like people say, People like the people, Kenyans talk about when they're talking about corruption. They say, uh, people, you're talking about corruption because you're talking negatively about it because you're, you're not there, you don't have the, the chance to steal. Mm. But when you get there and you get the opportunity, you will steal. So Kenyans are, are mad at people who are, 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 are ripping off our systems because they don't have that opportunity to steal. Mm. But if they were given that opportunity, they'll do the same, same thing. 
Is that the same way we say corruption? When you get a job, through corruption, we call it connection. connection. Mm. But when it disadvantages you, when it makes you lose a job opportunity, you start calling it for what it is, mm. the monster corruption. that it is. Yeah. It is corruption that made me not get that job. It is because this person was connected to someone so that he got that job, so mm. I was left out. Mm. But when you get that job, you go silent about it. Because mm. now, okay, it has benefited you, yeah. so there's, there's that negative side of corruption and, and that positive side of it. So coming out of school, knowing this, you have mm. to choose. What do, you have, what do you want to uphold? Do you want to uphold the, you have to uphold the, the what do you call it? Integrity. integrity. You have to uphold integrity. You want to go there and also uh, steal eat. from your, also eat. <laughs> because, okay, from us, most most, the, most places, I mean, the most uh, probable places for you to get employment is the public sector, right? Mm. Now we know what happens in the public sector. There's all this stealing and stuff. If you go there and find yourself assimilated into the system of theft, mm. what do you do? Mm. I'm going to eat with them. But if you, if you say you do not steal, I have my integrities, I have my national values, I have my own philosophies, mm. my beliefs, then I'm going to stick by them mm. and do service to my people as my constitution requires me to do. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, okay, the reason why also we, we are raping the constitution is because mm-hmm. we, ex- we want, people want to work for the constitution. I mean, okay. We want to work for the constitution instead of that constitution working for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Okay. And, and even the most progressive African leaders, like Nyerere, recites this. Mm-hmm. They say they don't want to be to be put in a, a, a what do you call it in a straight jacket mm. of, of constitution devices, right? Mm. Even though they have written it. Mm. They don't want a situation whereby they, they are have to implement it. it. They, want, they want to want to work for the constitution, then the constitution to work. For, for them, them. Yeah. and that's how it is. You might have all these constitutional devices, mm. but if they do not work for you, you will be working for for, for that constitution, mm-hmm. and that's why you have this more this people at the top who are now pulling the strings yeah. so that you can work for that constitution that will benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And if you hold the values, national values, you don't have to do that. You have to stick by what you know mm. and what is right for you to do. Do you foresee a time when we can say goodbye to corruption as a nation? Do you foresee a time when the constitution as a document that is ours and, and, and respect it and uphold it for what it is? Do you, do you envision that? Like that? Okay. It's, it's, it's a utopian, you might think it's a utopian idea, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Obama's visit, was it in 2010? Okay, in his visit, he said every nation is corrupt. Mm-hmm. Even in the US, there is corruption. Mm-hmm. But now the degree mm. at which you're corrupt is what baffles people. Yeah. It's what baffles the international community. Yeah. We are like Afghanistan. Pakistan, you know, Nigeria, we are at that level right now. Kenya tops the right list now we are now so topping the ways, list eh? in so many ways. So even uh, David Cameron, the former Prime Minister of Kenya of, of Britain, said Kenya's level of corruption is fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. <laughs> Interesting <now>. description. <laughs> it is fantastic. But it's really fantastic. Mm. It's really at that high. And I think okay, I I I have dreams, I have hopes that one day we respect the constitution 
will uphold it for what it is and we will shun corruption as a nation. Even if you're reducing it, just seeing it going down. Mm. The, I mean, sometimes it gets exhausting watching news. And it's outrageous. It, you're watching billions. news. It is billions. It, all, it, it came from billions. You can't even conceptualize you that can't amount. Right. 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 amount. So what is, is a billion? You're watching news. There's a, a governor who's told somewhere. There's a ministry that it's been, it gets exhausting so much that even the youth don't want to watch news anymore. True. Huh? What the media feeds you what the media feeds you is just negative news. What you're seeing is what how how an pistol CDF money, our governors embezzled uh, the county funds, our ministry as as misprocured. I mean, how they want to increase their they salaries. How they want to increase their salaries. You're frustrating. It is frustrating. You don't see a future for yourself as youth when that money that's supposed to work for you and model out your future for you is being embezzled by people who already have a lot of it. Now you even wonder, what are they going to do with it? They're getting salaries, at least they're employed. Me, I'm somewhere in Kuru, uh, Jenga. I don't have a job, mm. and yet my money is being stolen. Mm. Where do you get that hope? How do you take it over? And that's why how you, you see, how do you take it back? And that's why you see youth are drowning in drug addiction. Mm. You see, because of that, of that depression. Mm. There are no jobs you go to her cost. You see how the economy, of course, is messed up. Mm. And you ask yourself, why is there? Why is it that coast has the highest level of, of drug abuse? Mm. It's because there are no jobs there. People are idle, but just sitting around. And who are eating, the drug barons? And the drug barons and government. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy system that it's really hard trying to clean it out. You know, it's difficult trying to clean a mess that is just within Nakukulia Pandani. And the way we are so quick to point out the system because we want to save ourselves the indignities of pointing at the real at the real, the real individuals. Yeah, the real because individual. there are people we, behind this. Is something this called the system? System. Okay. We are saving ourselves the indignities of saying so and so is doing this, let's call him out. Yeah. So we be, we hide behind the system. And because the system cannot defend itself. Mm. We're not, we know, we're, not, we're not also calling it out to arbitrate it. Mm. We are doing this to call, uh, to demand audience with this patron. Yeah. And then once you are, you are invited into the feast, you go quiet. Yeah. You know, like what we've seen some MPs who are so loud uh, about corruption and all and all, mm. MPs and all that stuff. Then when they get there, they now go quiet because they're now eating with the patron. The patronage is crazy. And who are benefiting from it are within that system that you keep calling out. So let's stop hiding behind the system. Let's call out these people. We know who is doing it. We know how they're doing it. Let's make sure that this is working, the judiciary. Let's clean up our house. The ACC. The ACC. Yeah. I mean, everything will be fine if we clean up our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like that you've mentioned MPs. It shows that you've had some sort of interaction with Power 254. <laughs> yeah, in our so, activities. Yeah, so could you tell us like your experience? Uh, unfortunately, did the exhibition come to your school? The team carried the exhibition? No, I know that I'm aware of. Maybe no, they no, did. No. Actually, we were planning on it right yeah. before Corona. So Corona really halted oh, a lot of our operations oh. because that was Moi cut off and then later JK Works. You the orientation, you are told it's not JQ, but JK, you are. So you were just like JQ, JQ. Yeah, yeah, but we had, we, but 
clearly you have some interaction with yeah, yeah. yeah, I've had interaction with them. They had this event at the Power Street Fest. Mm-hmm. It used to be there at Koinange Street. I yeah. never missed a day. I was there from day one. Mm-hmm. The first event, the second, until now I hear nowadays you guys are not having anything. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> there were some issues getting licenses last oh. year. Mm-hmm. Last year. So that's why we couldn't still uh, go forth with it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's being organized, guys. We hope you're gonna attend. Yeah, um this year, oh, we are looking to see whether it will be like an online festival, oh. but the lineup of artists uh, yeah, is underway and be uh, anticipated. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's one I of those. I don't have much to say just it's, yet it's because of the official communication will come yeah. out. Yeah. But yeah, stay tuned. It's one of those simple things. It's a very simple festival. It looks like a, a street carnival. Yeah. But then it's very nice. You have these amazing talented artists. You mm. have at the band. You have Giuliani coming on stage. You have activists there. You have Boniface Mwangi signing his book. You have somebody drawing and that. It's a it's a it's a beehive of activities. Like you know, graffiti, graffiti session. You have photography sessions. I mean, it's lively. It does not only entertain you, but it educates you, entertainment. You know? mm. It educates you, and entertains you, and also makes you aware of your. Uh, heritage as an African and as a Kenyan. Mm. Yeah. Ah, you know that you speak of that. Why is that important for us to really understand our true history, our true heritage as young Kenyans and as Africans? Okay, but mm, I think that that's envisioned within the ethos of a nation. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that ethos of a nation, but you have to now be proud of your culture and, and your heritage. heritage. And it's something that was supposed to be taught from a very young level. Why? A very young <laughs> I wasn't taught that. I, was, I started reading these things. Is it? Class seven? I don't know. Mm. But then, oh, it's class six. Okay. There's some, some basic bits of it. Mm. You know? But then I think it's something that was supposed to be taught from a very tender age. So you grow up knowing. First of all, before even you know that there are other things happening outside your country, mm. let you be known. Let, let you make, uh, they should make sure you know what's in your country. Who are your heroes, national heroes. You know, mm. those, people, those people who you really admire as a country, those people fought for your rights and freedoms. Yeah. So that you grow up knowing this and your culture, your, your tribe as well, where you come from, what you people eat, what you people do, before it's happening, what happens in the US. You know, globalization mm. is catching oh, yeah. up with us so much that yeah. the, the, the children of today know so much about what's happening in the US, the artists, hey. the, 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 the music, the, the, the movies. Tell me about Mataka. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't know anything about Mataka. I, I saw it you on know. Twitter today that someone 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 spotted a shop called um Black Female Owned Business, something like that. Uh, and then this guy was like so perplexed because well in Kenya we are all like to call Kenya, this is where the business is. So he, he, it's like a derivative of what's happening mm-hmm. in the US because they're trying to really support black businesses. People <laughs> so know, Kenya, people, people black know so much old. about keeping up with the Kardashians. They know about the Kardashians, the children they have, but mm. they don't know anything about the nation. You know, when you talk about governance as well, even social justice, the, the rule of law, it becomes trivialized among the youths. Yeah. You, know, so you talk about them, you find somebody who is well informed about those things is very rare. Mm-hmm. You find it is very rare. Mm. You talk about when you start mentioning rule of law, governance, why are you becoming boring? Mm. As they don't talk about it. They want you to talk about other things. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, you know, <laughs> you know, 
since I'm passionate about developing that person to be my hero, Matakarua, mm. you know, Matakarua. Mm. I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't taught. <laughs> she said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also my mom. Because she sacrificed a lot for me, mm. especially for for me to go to school. <laughs> I know a lot of things. Mm. She is really hard to deal, to deal with for me to to go through all these things so that I can be who I am today. Mm. And uh, also tomboya. I was about to say you talk about tomboya all the time. Yeah, tomboya. I love tomboya. You know, I was really, one of the papers that I ever read, policy papers that I ever read was the meaning. The sessional paper mm-hmm. number 10 yeah. of 1965. And I was like, this is a brainchild of one person. I mean, this guy just sat down and drafted this thing and said this casual country is going to go there like this, like this, and this mm-hmm. one person doing this. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. this guy is smart, he's a genius, you know. Mm-hmm. And I see myself in his footstep, I can impact on my country that much. Mm-hmm. So I look at him and say this is a national hero. Mm-hmm. If he's a national hero, then to me. Being that I'm out there on the public, uh, on the public uh, discourse, I want to be like somebody like Tom Boyer who, who takes that personal initiative mm. on his own. Say, he says, okay, if you guys don't want to do this, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I love intelligent people. Mm. I, I think he was very intelligent. Mm. So, yeah, somebody was very brainy. And that to me is beauty. Yeah. I'm a, what do you call it? Uh, people who are who fall in love with intelligence. So, sapiosexual. <laughs> sapiosexual. I'm, I'm, I'm a suck of intelligent people. So, yeah, those are some of my heroes. Yes. Or anybody who's doing anything there. Oh, and Kendrick too. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's my favorite, favorite rapper. You know, it's very difficult to find people who choose musicians as their, as their role models. Yeah. So I have musicians there, Kendrick, hip-hop artists. Conscious hip hop artists, not all these things. You know, black white people say how hip hop has done more damage to black Americans than racism has done in the last hundred years. And you wonder what is that? Because they know the hip hop. The hip hop they know is that which tell them pick up a gun, strap up, Mm. go on ride by, shoot people, Mm. sell drugs, Mm. pimp women. Yeah, you know (laughs) that's what the hip hop. Of that of those days were telling them, but now we have this generation of conscious hip hop, mm. Black Panthers like Tupac, mm. you know. We also those kind of people who now try to bring in a, a positive side of hip hop. And growing up in a family where people listen to hip hop, my big problem my cousins, I chose Kendrick because Kendrick resonated so much with me. Mm. I listened to an album like Seco Section Eighty, to Paper Butterfly, and I'm like, this is a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like that kind of person who impacts through art. Mm-hmm. You know, just speaking and expressing your deep emotions and thoughts through music. And somebody in Africa, all the way in Sub Sahara, says, Yo, you're the legend. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be somebody like that, you know. Yeah. So I chose Kendrick as, as my role model, my hero, mm-hmm. because I see what he has done for the black communities in the US. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that for every other child. Every other youth mm-hmm. within my neighborhood, in the Kurus, in the Karens, so you in the Runda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do some freestyles sometimes. <laughs> in high school, I used to do that with drum lockers and, you know, the drum oh, lockers, yeah. then we do some bars, yeah. then we some bars up for it. Tongeleole in a festival. Yeah, I can come through. Eh? Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, just give me a beat. Then I throw bars, I stick bars on it, you know. 
Mm, but intentionally <laughs> to educate, to educate, to educate yeah. the young people. Activism. Yeah. Activism. 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 Because you're right. Mm. Like Kendrick says, that, that, that's, yeah, a, that's a protest true. anthem. Yeah. You say that and they remember the Grammy performance. Performance, yeah. Hey, that was a legendary. Shivers. Shivers. He left Shivers because he was so vocal about the, the manipulation of, of a real nigger. <laughs> So, see, so we'll put the link in there. Yeah, we we'll share the link. <laughs> <laughs> that performance was historical. We'll give you so we all went on shivers. Yeah, so, so the performance the link should be. <laughs> I'll describe the performance as monumental, historical. Yeah. Yeah. But also, see somewhere that we should be wary of like monumental feats because it makes us imagine mm-hmm. we've moved. You know, like when people are pulling down statues. The and then, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you sit back and you say, that was so monumental, oh, we've yeah. taken steps forward, so, yeah. but really. But because that's blamed on our history, mm. our history has told us to admire people who have looted the nation, people who lied mm. to you that they fought for mm. their freedoms, but mm. in real sense, people they betrayed you people. Rich. You know, both stolen and rich, then we erect monuments and statues. The politics of monument, I'm very glad, I'm happy that you're experiencing this watershed moment, yeah. not only as a, as a, as a continent, but it's, it's, a, it's something that's happening global, worldwide yeah. at a global level that you're realizing that you've been admiring the wrong people. Okay, people make mistakes, right? And people learn from mm. their mistakes. Mm. Just learning and realizing you made a mistake is a great step forward. So yeah. I think the, the, the globe is on the right track. Thank you. So yeah. maybe a parting shot to our viewers, what, what would you tell the young people who are watching? You, uh, students in universities and outside who just feel like they need they need a way to understand where this country is going and to know their place or mm. or understand yeah what they can do to shape uh, our future okay. to the viewers watching especially the youths i'm so passionate about you guys oh and listening <laughs> no, those who are watching and listening yeah. Oh, yeah yeah so what i can say is that uh, for you to understand where the, this nation is from and where it's going you have to read you have to be out there you have to interact mm. with people mm. ask questions yeah. be restless to know more have that thirst, have that anger for knowledge, mm-hmm. for information. For information is power, right? Mm-hmm. If you have that information, get the power to know where this, this nation is going and to do more. And what you are trying to do as a youth, when you're trying to discover yourself as a youth, to move forward, put your passions first. Okay? Understanding yourself, knowing what you want to, first understanding yourself as a person is the first step to moving forward. If you do not understand yourself as a person, what you believe in, your philosophies, mm. then then you have no business trying to figure out where your future is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to start from knowing yourself. What do you like? What do you hate? Mm. And then identifying with that and creating that line, drawing that line between what you want and what you don't want. Mm. And saying, I'm going to be on the side of what I want and ignoring what I don't want completely. Mm. Once you set that aside, you're now following the steps of where you want to go, mm. right? So, in the steps of the greats. Uh, of the greats uh, and uh, uh, in the steps of those people that you admire mm. and not losing hope. Mm. Don't, not giving up is that... Uh, personally, I can't say I've achieved much in life. I have a long way to go towards a youth and I have so many dreams to accomplish. I mean, there's so much lined up for me. There's so much in my plate. Mm. But one thing I always tell myself, 
I'm not losing up. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing hope. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm going heads in. I'm going to take what belongs to me, what I deserve. And that's an, an attitude that we should all have. Drop the mic. Taking what you want. Drop the mic. Yes, that's yourself. it. <laughs> we have nothing to add. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Stay tuned to uh, for the rest of the episodes that will be coming up. Um, I have been your host, Joy. Thank you so much. Bye. I'll be your guest Bye. event. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your guest event. Ciao. See you. Asante.